emotionally spent. Ugh. Let me tell you. A lot of sound effects. All for me. For free. Why pay when you can do them for free? It is the Africans on another CONCACAF check-in. Couldn't get the band together, so we're going to keep on focusing in on this international window. And let me tell you, it has been emotionally taxing. So, let's talk about it. For those of you who don't know, um, we are a trio. Um, Today, it's just me again. Um, I am the Ghanaian. So, this week, this past week, last seven days, literally... I've been going between Ghanaian jersey to Canadian jersey and back and forth, and it is emotionally taxing. <laughs> I mean, Ghana won their matches, but there's still a point behind South Africa, but that's not what you guys came here for. Tomorrow, <laughs> and I should probably do a formal introduction. The date is October 12th. It is just 10 minutes before the hour of 8 p.m. this Tuesday evening. I am Okwesi. Some people call me Quay. Some people call me Kiwi. I am here with the Africans here talking about CONCACAF and what is happening tomorrow as Canada gets ready to take on Panama in what I think people will consider the two surprising teams on a positive note of the octagonal so far the two surprise teams of the octagonal are canada and panama from a positive standpoint the two surprise why are you so bad teams are costa rica and jamaica i mean we saw costa rica was aging but jamaica came in we saw the initial roster they came in through and i think their issue has been clear they haven't been able to play together and really solidify that team like, say, Canada or Panama has been able to. But the news out of the Canadian camp is interesting. Um, if you were injured before coming into this window, you didn't play. Which, if we come away with this window with only eight points, which would be three draws, I think the conversation of roster selection has to be brought into question. I know it's the words sound great, you know, the, the brotherhood of the players that are there, and that's fine. But in the same breath, the team played qualification games throughout the summer with players who aren't even here. And again, this is not a, a this is not a referendum on the roster. The roster select you can't change it. However, we can learn from it and try to adjust from it going forward. So the news of the day is that Atiba Hutchinson will not be available, nor will Kyle Lahren. I mean, we knew at the beginning of the window they did not travel, but I guess the soccer CSA was hoping that they could uh, travel for the Canada match. That's what I figured they were hoping for, and that didn't happen. Cavallini was not available either. And then Junior Hoylet, who got an injury while training in Jamaica, was therefore not available, which does hurt our depth at winger as well as forward because we've had two strikers this entire window we called five and only had two available with a roster flexibility of up to 30 
and not even being able to call someone out of like say the MLS who's here it really is concerning so it does leave a bit of a concern I guess we'll cover the concerns now playing a Panama team that is organized that did just come off of being the United States it is going to be interesting to see if Canada can frustratingly break through an organized group. I think if Honduras gave us trouble, ultimately, I think Panama is a bit more organized. Panama has two wins coming in to this game, while Canada has one. Panama also has a loss. So it's great. And I think this is what I want to title this episode. Draws are good. Draws are all well and good, as long as they're coupled with wins. If every window we come away with at least one win and the remainder draws, I think we're in great shape. But we need to come away with every window with at least a win. And I think for breaking down where we are in the standings, it does help. And we'll be a very important thing because right now between and we talked about this last night between third and six they're all separated by one point each El Salvador has five points Costa Rica has six Canada has seven Panama has eight the matchups are this window Jamaica Honduras where the winner of that match gives himself hope that they can maybe come back and get into that bottom half of qualification El Salvador Mexico we expect Mexico to win that but it is in El Salvador so that is different Costa Rica USA they lost to Panama but I think that was more self-inflicted than anything that was them putting out a lineup that played timid and I think listening to one YouTuber uh, I think it was Keiko Lazo on the CBS one they were saying there's a degree where you can respect your opponent but then there's also a point where you show them too much respect and I think going into this it's going to be how do you balance respecting your opponent at the same time not over respecting them I think you could say Canada definitely did suffer a bit of that playing Jamaica I think if they were a bit more aggressive off the bat, like Herman said today, you know, if you if they weren't aggressive enough, they didn't take advantage, they didn't try to change the game early with their substitutions. Those things were all factors. And I think against a team like Panama, yes, they're coming off a win. And we are coming off of a frustrating draw. So that clearly we are boiling over. But I think the way that both teams are sent, I think outside of Mexico, I think these two are the best organized teams that I've seen so far play. Honduras is a good team, but I think they ran out of steam. And clearly, playing superior competition, they will show some quality, but I think they will start to come back down. And they are seventh in the group. I think the US can be tactically superior, but they aren't that consistently that's their consistency their consistency is that they're inconsistent Canada for the most part you knew what you were getting from them but I think the concern of going shifting this all the way back to Canada is the hitters that we needed to contribute aren't there 
I think a player like learning from the Jamaica game, a player like Richie Loret is important because he is a bit of that feisty aspect who will get into someone's face and say, sure, you want to dance? Let's dance. That's his demeanor. And adding his speed on the same side of an Alfonso Davies who will potentially be playing his third match. That is an interesting concern in that aspect. I'd almost wonder if you would, and again, crazy talk here, if you sit Alfonso Davies for the first half and see what the team can do and then bring him on in the second half if they need to either get a goal a little bit late or go. Yes, you can play him all three games, but I think they need that aspect. The other thing is, and this is the other aspect, Jonathan David, I think, is a player who needs to play with a dual striker. While he can succeed on his own, he has struggled without that other player to play off of. Which begs the question, do you push your Osorio, who's usually playing that cam right now, a little bit upper forward up the pitch to play off of him? Or do you play two strikers? The issue now being, we only have two strikers. Technically, we have three because Liam Miller it can play striker. But our pool is thin. We're probably going to have to play him again and he'll be there. So how do we change tactically to be able to allow the player to play off of another player? That's the question. Defensively, I think having Victoria back is good and that allows us to play either that four in the back or I think in a more attacking manner, more of that three in the back. Which then leaves... I think a 3-4-3 a three, three, or a 4-2-3-1 would be the ideal scenario for both attacking and then coming back and defending in that 4-4-2 four, four, as we've been kind of doing will be the, the main gift and the main opportunity for us. <sighs> I think we'll be fine, but I'm nervous. Huh. I'm not used to this. <laughs> Outside of last year, I'm used to a Ghanaian team that just qualifies with ease because they have the talent and they're superior than that. In Canada, we're just like everybody else. There is a possibility we won't qualify. I don't think so, but it's definitely there. So I think all those concerns out of the way, looking for something to be positive. Oh, straight out. Tejan's back. Richie's back. Victoria's back. We're back at home. Ah, feels good. And I think having those additional wings does put pressure on the team. So you don't have to primarily play through Alfonso. You can play through Tejan a bit on either side. And then adding a Osorio. I think this might be a game where you either start, you start someone else in that middle. We don't have the numbers there. This is where you miss having that player. I don't think you can start Piet here. I think you have to go K and Osorio. I think it might be interesting if you play, say, K in that attacking midfielder position. And then you play maybe a Wurderspoon and a Estacchio in your midfield to give a little bit more control in that middle of it so that playing against a team like a Jamaica, Jamaica will come, I mean, not Jamaica, Panama will come in very sound there's no doubt about that looking at the game they play against jamaica when jamaica had most of their uh 
Premier League and English England based players. They started with like a four two three one, but then once it was clear that they couldn't really shift off, that they shifted off to a four one four one, which really clogged the midfield and made it difficult. Now we do have the pace and superiority on the wings, but I think this is a game where, and I'll, I'll use this hockey analogy. Patrick Sharp, who used to play for the uh, Chicago Blackhawks, was known as a player who had to see himself involved in the game before for him to be able to continue it. So there are stories of him where, like, at the beginning, he would just take the puck and just give a slap shot from, like, the blue line just into the goalie, just so that, you know, he can see, hey, I've been involved, I've done something, okay, how else can I get involved? To, to piggyback that here, I think this is the game where Jonathan David just whenever he's near the 18-yard box, he just needs to shoot the ball on target and just be like, okay, wake up, I'm in this game, and let's go. Because he just seemed hesitant, he seemed a bit more of a ghost. And I think he has to, if he unlocks in this match, we definitely have the ability to really do something. I think getting him involved can help, and having both wings on both sides definitely is a success, but he has to figure out where to play we don't have, unfortunately, the, excuse me, we don't have the range and the depth to really throw in another forward. I think that's something that we can't mess around with next window. We, I don't care if we bring seven forwards just because. I think the conversation over, if they are nicked up or injured, should they even be coming? I know Hoyle got injured training, but I think that having that player does, having that, those additional players does help. Yeah, I wouldn't be opposed to playing a Wotherspoon in this match and either and then moving K up the pitch to allow that creativity. So then you'd have a setup that is more... Okay, let's go 4-2-3-1 here. So for Kata, you'd set up as a... Uh, you have Larea, Larea, Miller, Vittoria, and Johnston. And then you have Wotherspoon and Estacchio as your as your dual eights or your CDMs in that sense. You put K at the cam and then that leaves you with Buchanan on the right, Davies on the left, and then David up top. And that, that would, I wouldn't be opposed to that lineup per se. And then if we, they went with the three in the back, then I would just move. Yeah, I would just move uh, Larea up to that middle area. And then with the two, oof. They could also, because he has played this at club, Tejon has started to play more centrally at club. So then you could you could experiment with this where you put Tejon at the cam, but then you put a Schaffelberg or a Miller on either of the wings and have them just going through fresher legs just to attack. And then again, just tagging there. I think those two options are options based off of the speed that they have. But it is a question because is that speed more effective on the wings or going down the middle? That's a question that Herman's going to have to answer. <sighs> but yes, this, all that being said, I have confidence, but I'm emotionally just fatigued out of this team. Predictions for this game, I would say, yeah, 
Ah, uh, my heart's telling me go for it. I'm gonna go 2-0 Canada over Panama. I am confident in this team. I trust them. Don't break my heart, Herdman. Don't break my heart. So I got Canada winning over Panama 2-0. I, I want to say the USA should beat Costa Rica at home, but I don't know what lineup they're going to roll out there. So we're going to say a draw with Costa Rica using that veteran savvy. Honduras v Jamaica. I think Honduras has more quality to do it. And then Mexico over El Salvador, which should mean that by the end of this window, I anticipate that Mexico will be sitting with 14, with Canada sitting with 10, the USA sitting with nine, and then Panama sitting with eight points, being your top four. Honduras will have its five, and then we will go from there. That is my projection for this window. We'll see how it goes. I'll definitely be posting some emotionally filled recap tomorrow. But until then, guys, yes, stay safe out there. Wrap your Canada jerseys wherever you are. And looking forward to really seeing this team get back on the right foot. Do well. We'll talk later.